When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's up, hockey fans, and happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, a brand new Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week, including some fun mini-sodes where we bring you direct access to your favorite players after practice, as well as those morning skates. So be sure to download the Odyssey app. Hit that auto-download button after you search Pucks and Bolts so that you have all of these fun, exciting episodes just sitting there waiting for you when you are ready to stream them. And you can also find Pucks and Bolts on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Share with friends, family, and other hockey fans because who doesn't want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning? I'm Casey Hudson. Join with my co-host, Kaylee Mizell. And it's time for us to get into a brand new episode with some uh, some holiday cheer. If you guys haven't seen Christmas is thrown up in my parents' house, I am back in Orlando. <laughs> I think people who don't want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning are like the Grinch. Like, right. maybe, I don't know if I'd be, I'm going to. Are you throwing under the bus, Kaylee? Because I see it on your face. <laughs> you know me so well. Maybe <laughs> our producer is being a little bit of a Grinch today. So. A little green there, Spencer. Just a little green. I think your heart needs to grow a few sizes, Spencer. Our producer is um, <laughs> a fan of another hockey team. <laughs> That's aggressive. Look, I heard about the the cheeky exchange between you and Kaylee before uh, I even joined the conversation. So I think she's spot on. But who knows? Who knows? I'm with you, though. I think anyone who cannot love and appreciate the Tampa Bay Lightning, regardless of uh, these past two games that we're going to get into in a little bit, is a little bit on the Grinch side versus the, the holiday spirit. So we're going to yeah, have small hearts, small hearts. Your heart yeah. needs to grow. But we're here to help them grow. So by the end of this Pucks and Bolts episode, their hearts will grow two sizes bigger. I'm, I feel confident about it. Yeah. yeah I think it, I think it's going to happen. Right. Um, but speaking we'll- of growth, this yeah. situation up north is getting out of hand. It's funny because yeah. I have conversations with people like the Sunday spread crew. They keep talking to me about snow and I, I want to feel bad for them. I do feel bad for them. I just can't understand it because it's 68 degrees outside and I'm running around with a fur coat on like my my mom has the heat on right now so obviously I'm in a tank top but um with all the weather stuff that we just don't fully comprehend here in Florida unless we stay up in the snow for extensive amount of time I lived in Columbus I I mean okay so you know what it's like I've shoveled snow off my driveway I've had to clear the ice off my car it's not fun. I have sympathy. <laughs> um, but like it looks pretty and I'll visit. It's, oh, it's yeah. It looks pretty on day one. And then afterwards, it's not as pretty because then you have to drive through it and then it gets gross and stuff. But I think that most of the players for the Tampa Bay Lightning have acclimated to the Florida climate 
And they're like, yes, no, thank you. I don't have to deal with that. Um, and so on that note, Casey, the, <laughs> uh, the uh, Bolts game against the Sabres uh, tomorrow that was scheduled to be tomorrow is is rescheduled for now March 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be March 4th now. And it's something that I think everybody is happy about. But of course, we do have to just say, you know, a big shout out to everyone up in the Northeast, Chicago, Buffalo, Cleveland, all of those areas that are going to be impacted. Um, Hope that you guys are going to be safe. Hope that you're surrounded with uh, some really good food and some people that you love because you might be snowed in your house for a few days. (laughs) I just wish you the best as you are stuck in your house. With potentially like your in-laws or you know like your weird uncle i just hope you have like a lot of eggnog a lot of cookies you know a some fun things wine. in there as well uh yeah maybe a few bottles of wine right. some fun things in there as well to make your christmas jolly <laughs> with the with the snow and the cold yeah actually that's so kind of you to consider the fact that who they get stuck with is very important because oh, it's so important have you well i've been snowed in before oh so yeah so you definitely know all this firsthand because i would be like oh this is okay and then day three i'd be like so when do we all get to separate like how do we can i put you in the snow like can you leave can you exit that way or go cool off outside I or icicles that way just look up <laughs> right. They just get under your skin a little bit. Me and my siblings are like, we have a time limit with one another. And then we know that things are going to get st- like a little hairy. We know how to piss each other off real quick. So yeah, you know how to get <laughs> under each other's skin. So the Christmas break for the Tampa Bay Lightning starts a little yeah. bit early and not necessarily on a positive note, but I think that they'll still make the most of their holiday break. But uh We'll get into, um, you know, a little bit of a wish list, Casey, yeah. uh, of what we would like to see this Bolts team maybe re- reflect on, maybe move forward with right. after this little holiday break. Any other news? I mean, I know that's the biggest pressing one what is their game being rescheduled. Any yeah. With them flying back last night um, and starting their extended holiday break, there's not much conversation where we can find out from Coach Cooper, you know, how guys like Sorelli and Hagel and, and uh, Sergachev are all doing um, at some points of each game. They've all kind of head down to the tunnel with their with their injuries. So we're hoping that maybe this extended break gives them that extra time to just heal up and 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 get their bodies back but yeah no updates with any of the things that we saw in the last two games guys um once we get those we'll tweet it from the pucks and bolts account you can follow us at pucks and bolts make sure you stay up to date on all that fun information but yeah nothing i can think of so i think the wish list is a good good direction should we start with the wish list or should we start with the games that like lead to the wish list Ooh. I know, I know. I'm throwing it out there. All right, let's start with the games. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it out of the way. It feels like bad news. So let's well, get it out of the way. Yeah, it's, it's not great news. So <laughs> with, uh, starting with Tuesday, a 4-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, whom this team beat recently uh, in overtime 4-3. So... I was so excited heading into this matchup, Kaylee, because on a on a braggadocious level, like just as a if I had to like, on a braggadocious level. Oh, brag! Oh. Like you said, 
Bridadocious. And I was like, is there news that we need to is that <laughs> No, but I should be careful with my word choice today because four o'clock in the morning, I was saying some really weird things uh, on air and people can go back and listen to that, unfortunately. But braggadociously is the word I'm choosing in this moment, very bravely. And um, I was so confident because in the last seven games leading up to this Toronto versus uh, Bolts rematch, the Bolts hadn't let up more than two goals. The Toronto Maple Leafs were the last team to put three goals up on this team. So I was like, they got this. They're on a winning streak. They're not letting up more than two goals versus their opponents. They're in a groove. All four lines are getting involved. And then they go into Toronto and just, and yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what killed them is that in all of those games you mentioned, Casey, or in almost all of those games you mentioned, the lightning either had a fast start and they were able to score early or they were able to respond quickly. Neither of those things happened in this game against Toronto. It took yeah. so long for the lightning to really get into a groove and get going mm-hmm. that it, it, it just at a certain point felt like too little, too much. Um, and that's not, I mean, not a hundred percent because they're still in the game, right? you know, when, when it's in the third period, they're still in it. Um, you know, Vladimir Nemestikov scores. Um, Steven Stamkos is on the assist there. That makes it a 2-1 game. So they are in it realistically. But then it, it just not very sound defense once they pulled Vassy um, led to some really unfortunate empty netter goals that just made the whole – it just changed the tone of the game because you look at the 4-1 – and it's like the game was actually closer than that, but they scored two empty net goals at the end of the game. Well, like, of course, right. you know, what are you going to expect to happen? So I think that is there was an opportunity for the Lightning to capitalize with Vassi out of the net and for them yeah. to capitalize on, you know, having the extra man out there. They didn't capitalize on the one power play that they had. So you're kind of hoping, okay, guys, you actually have had good opportunities on special teams you've had good moments throughout these last few games like let's do something here and it kind of all falls apart and then it falls apart again so I think I think that's the thing that feels in that game the most frustrating is not to just letting up one empty net goal but then two empty net goals and then it happens back to like to to spoil the story it happens again (laughs) In case you didn't. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. You mentioned the fact that the Bolts had success when they had those fast starts. We've talked about that here on Pucks and Bolts. But what I think completely uh, kept them from establishing any sort of flow is because the Maple Leafs came out hot. And I don't mean hot in in terms of they got on the board early because I think it was like 1538 or something that they got on the board. It was the fact that they came in loading up the shots on goal. So they came in extremely aggressive. They didn't allow the Bolts to set up any sort of structure. They took away the middle of the ice from them, which we know Coach Cooper, he's such a a big, a big um, enforcer of if we're going to have success, we cannot be eliminated from the middle of the ice. And I think that we control the neutral zone of doing that. Exactly. Because here's the thing, the shots on goal for one 40 to 19, the Bolts didn't have any chance to generate an offense like, whatsoever and in the first period alone 
Yeah, I was going to say, dial that into the first and second period. The the Lightning only had eight shots on goal, Casey, for the entire two first, like for the entire, for 40 minutes, essentially. For 40 minutes, eight shots on goal. That's terrible. They just did not control the puck. And what did you and I say going into this? We said, you have to control the puck. You have to control the puck. Capitalize. They just didn't. They didn't. Their ozone possession time was was to the point where basically the bolts were confined to playing defense the entire game. And as an overhead, um, because we're going to talk about both games, but as an overhead so that I don't repeat myself too much, is that both of these teams, the Red Wings as well as the Maple Leafs, did a really solid, unfortunate, solid job of containing the bolts to to their D zone. They were forced to play defense 80% of the game, and you obviously can't put pucks on net if if, if all you're doing is defending. And then you're trying to manage your your control of the puck. What I will say is that in this game, there were still 11 giveaways. We talked about the fact that do- double-digit giveaways have to cease and desist in this game because it's just teams are going to make you pay for it, and it's only going to get worse as the season gets to the most competitive portion of it uh, coming up here shortly. So 11 giveaways versus a Maple Leafs team that wanted to redeem themselves after that overtime loss a bit ago I think that was also another like momentous moment for the the Maple Leafs team. It's not the fact that they're creating these great takeaway opportunities like we know Brandon Hagel to do. It's the fact that this team was giving up the puck. The one thing that you told them not to do, they did. And it kept this team in the and the Maple Leafs in their ozone and generating 10 times as much of an offense. Yeah, I mean the Maple Leafs are a dangerous team and that's why there was such an emphasis on controlling the puck, controlling the neutral zone. Because the the Maple Leafs can be very, I mean, there's a reason that they're second in the division right now. They're playing really well. And so you can't go in and be left on your back foot. You have to control the game as much as you can. And that, I mean, that just wasn't the case. Um, You know, it was just show up. Yeah. It's not very often that you see a game where the lightning look they can they can kind of look on their back foot like they're a little bit like but this is a game where they kind of did and it's and it, again it's a closer game than the score indicates because of those two empty net goals at the very end but there was still the reality that 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 this team did not control the game not one single player wow okay excuse me I lied one player <laughs> that played for the Lightning in this game uh, ended up with a plus number, and that was Vladimir Nemestikov. Everyone else was either zero or in the negative column. The Lightning had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in the negative column when you look at the plus minus in this game, including Corey Perry, Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli, Nikita Kucherov, all with minus two. I mean, one of your top shutdown guys and Anthony Sorelli has a minus two game. I mean, that is pretty indicative of how the game got away from these guys. And and it just, when you look at, I mean, like when, when you look at advanced statistics and you look at the game flow, especially in the second period, you know, it's, it's in favor of, you know, like the Corsi is in favor Mm -hmm. of the Leafs. Um, 
and it and like and it slowly goes up like it's even it's even and then end of the first the second period and third period hits and it's just all leafs it's all leafs and i mean that's kind of what happened that's like if, if, frankly what happened at the end of the game it, it just got a little bit out of hand for this lightning even when you look at like the heat map for attempts there's so many more attempts and and good attempts um the Leafs had really opportunistic attempts right in front of the goal. The wow. Lightning did not, you know, that all of those things are just, just make it stand out to where this, this game, it just, it clearly, obviously it wasn't the Lightning's best game. Right. Um, and I don't want to sit here and harp too much on it. You know, it obviously it's our job to analyze it to a degree. So um, I think that, I think that this lightning team, they don't like losing. In fact, they hate losing. They are more fueled by losing than they are by winning. So many of these veteran guys have said that Alex Kalorn explicitly told me after he won the cup twice that the pain of losing in 2019 and getting swept by Columbus he felt that emotion stronger than he felt either one of his Stanley Cup championships. So that quote alone is indicative of how much this team hates to lose. Mm -hmm. This is going to be fuel to the fire, Casey. These two losses, the way that they lost, the way that they kind of let down their goalies in some ways, mm -hmm. it, it's going to be very it's going to be a bad taste in their mouth and they have to sit with it for almost a week before yes. they get back on the ice. And that is going to make them, it's going to piss them off, frankly. And they're going to come out with some extra bite in their step. Come, come the 28th. I can tell you that. Oh, we like when things get spicy, but I agree because the other thing though, is I think it's harder to lose winnable games, games within not that they were really within reach in this Toronto matchup, but that was more on their own shortcoming of not being able to find, you know, a structure and establish a flow and kind of clean up the mistakes that they've been cleaning up throughout the season. They just, they really kind of came in with their tail between their legs. But with that said, I agree a hundred percent. We saw how this team dialed things up after Boston and both times that they lost to Boston, they dialed things up because they could have beat a team that's one of the best in the leagues, which speaks to such a high volume of the talent on this roster and the where they'll build at the right time. But it's going to be exciting to see how they how they shake this one off and sitting with this even longer. And nobody wants to go into the holiday season with two losses under their belt. So this is definitely going to be a lot of field to the fire and they get a small little home home setup to uh, bounce back with as well. And they get to reface some of these teams within that home setup and a team that they won, that they beat, and then a team that they lost against. So they've got an, an exciting stretch here ahead. The biggest thing that stood out to me is the fact that even though they couldn't establish a structure, they couldn't get a flow going there, it's the players that, that step up the most in those moments to still try to make something happen. Um, I know Coach Cooper is, is not a big fan of basically manufacturing things that aren't there. I think that everyone just got pushed out of the style of play that has started to work for them. So outside of the structure, it's the it's the cuteness. It's 
the overpassing, it's the overthinking. If they don't come out controlling this game, you see a lot of overthinking and under communicating. And that's what hurts this team the most because while defensive defensively they've stepped up and they started to close the gaps in between them. Mikhail Sergachev returned to the lineup being a huge point out of that. He, his gap management has been huge. And we see the difference with him being back in the lineup. Uh, they weren't playing to their best game individually, even though this is a big Wii sport and they have to successfully rely on one another. Individually, they weren't looking in their same successful form in, uh, in shape. So maybe there's just an extra too many days in Toronto, as Coach Cooper mentioned. Uh, it's kind of weird to kind of sit around there for a minute. And yeah, they get practices in and stuff, but they like the, the ability to come in, play, and move on. And it's just been a bit of a slow, slow draw there. So anything else that stood out to you in this Toronto matchup? Um, but they're one and one, one W, one loss versus a tough team in the division. Yeah, no, nothing else really stood out to me other, I mean, again, well, now we're getting into the next game, and I guess I was hoping that coming out in the next game that they would they would use it as fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but before we get too far into that, I don't know if I explicitly have a, a, a cherry picker, Casey, but I want to give you the opportunity to uh to do a cherry picker i don't know if it's too harsh to just like skip cherry pickers but <laughs> i know I, I think i might skip cherry pickers for these two games um kaylee's disappointed that I'm, means i'm gonna opt out um i don't think it was like it's not like the worst that they've ever played but after seeing what they have in them and after seeing this team come together and play such good hockey team hockey um yeah, there, there, uh, it was a little bit disappointing watching these last two games. And usually, the Lightning do are they are fired up and they want to get back out on the ice as soon as possible. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. I, I will, I will do my wish list, but I don't think I'm gonna have. A uh, but, no but, but if you have a tree picker, go for it, Casey, because some like somebody around here has to be jolly. I'm not feeling <laughs> in. I'm like, I'm happy, but I'm not really in the most jolly mood. Do not turn green. Do not, do not join uh, Spencer. I'm not, I'm not a Grinch. I'm not a Grinch. Just making sure. So, I'm all right, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw it out here. I'll do an honorable mention to the captain, Stephen Stamkos, because, of course, if he's not in the assist column, he's in the goal column and vice versa. So he was the assist on uh, Vladdy Nemestikov's goal and then, Nemestikov or Valley, Val, Valley, Vladdy, words say, Vladdy, whatever you prefer to call Mr. Nemestikov. Um, he's got to get the, the cherry picker for me because at least it's not a shutout. And I like the fact that he is starting to find his identity on this team. His name is starting to come up more in the conversation. We talked about him almost two months ago here on Pucks and Bolts saying like, you know, he had a great preseason he got a lot of a little silent during the season. I think now he's starting to branch out, broaden his role. He's reliable. He's usable. He is a solid two-way player as he gets more uh, comfortable and confident. And I think we're starting to see that. So um, Vladdy gets a lot of credit for me, not only because he was the goal scorer, but game by game, we're hearing his name more. We're seeing a bigger contribution from him. And if we see the guy that showed up in preseason, then that's going to be exciting to see down the stretch here. So uh Shout out to Captain 
oh captain our captain and Nemesikov takes the cherry picker for me then we turn into this game that you mentioned Kaylee like we thought that they were going to become the angry birds head into Detroit and redeem themselves now yeah. I'll say this it started off on a better note than Toronto you've got a pointer here who opens the scoring yes Quick if I'm going to pick a cherry picker for this game, it would probably be Pointer for that reason. And I know I'm like way ahead of myself and I'm doing everything out of order. But you'll have to just bear <laughs> with me. Lucy we and Hucks and Bolts fans, too. I'm a little off the rocker today. It's fine. It's fine. Um, if I had to say somebody for this game, it would be Braden Point because I talked about response and he came out and he responded. And I think that. I'm not going to take that away from him or this team to come out and within the first minute and a half of a game after you just lost to come out and score. I think that that is trying to set the tone for the rest of the game. Yes. And I think that in some ways it kind of did because the first five minutes of this game, the lightning did control the puck. They did control the ice. They were getting shots off. They were, you know, out there and really putting, you know, they, they were doing a really good job mm -hmm. of controlling the game, controlling the puck in the first five, six minutes of this game. And then Detroit just kind of took over a little bit. Um, it, it, it took over. And yeah. yeah. You're not going to be happy about this one, Kaylee. Okay. Where I think the takeover came in. Um, is that how many times have we seen the puck, the pucks, the pucks and bolts? I'm going to get my life together some point in 2022 before it ends. Um, we've seen the bolts completely lose momentum, confidence, and structure when they don't capitalize not only on the power play, but on five on three moments. I think whenever mm -hmm. they fail to make a five on three opportunity work for them, it just kind of screws with them mentally to. Yep. To, to, to bounce back. I think that it's it's a really hard bounce back for them when they don't capitalize on such a man advantage that they have there. And then when a team sees that, they can't capitalize on five on three. That gives them more confidence to say, all right, we can kind of take control here. So that's where I think the game started to completely swing out of the Bolts' favor into the Red Wings' favor and almost hand the game over at that point. Yeah, and I think that's a continuation of the night before. Um, right? Like they couldn't get things done when they had an extra man for the empty netter. And not only could they not get it in the goal themselves, but they allow, like they couldn't get a goal for themselves, but they allowed two empty netters with an extra man on. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that like, it's not always the case. Um, but I think in this specific situation, they're, power play and man advantage that um, they're not it ebbs and flows and they're clearly not feeling themselves right now. Um, but that is a momentum swinger that can swing the momentum. You're exactly right, Casey. And so while Braden point came out and, and set the tone of the game, it's almost like the tone was reset then when they can't get anything going um, with a two man advantage. Yeah. Because in the entire first period is them leveling the scoreboard pointer opens it up. And then it wasn't – Pointer opened it up at 129. There wasn't another goal, and, of course, the next goal was by the Red Wings, but there wasn't another goal until 1534 into the period. Then Killer responds right away, which should have been, again, another momentous moment for this yeah. team. 
And then not even not less than a minute after killers, they level the scoreboard again. So their ability to just remind the bolts that they're in this game and that they want to win it was, was very hard to avoid. Then you get into the second period and there's only two goals, one and one a leveled situation yet again. It's the opening of the scoring in the third period where they just kind of took off because they opened it. They built on top of it. They stacked. Kucherov's the only other guy to get a point on the board for the Lightning. And then empty netter, empty netter. That double empty netter again. Again. Now, I do have to say for one of these goals, and I'm not normally a person that's going to, like, call out a goaltender. But I do think Brian Elliott would, like, we can, like, say, like, he kind of made a little bit of a mistake. And he probably would take it back if he could. But he got stuck behind the net trying to clear the puck for a little bit too long. And then he didn't have time enough to get back into the net. And whenever he tried to clear the puck, it went almost immediately into the Red Wings' hands. And then, you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily count that hugely against – I mean, it was a momentum swinger for sure. But that's not like – the defense's fault. That's just, it, it, it just was kind of a little bit of a mistake that, that can happen sometimes. Right. Again, I think Brian Elliott would say he's a veteran. He would say, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could change what I did there. Um, you know, however, we still have to play the game. We still have to move on. Um, I don't necessarily count that goal like against the whole team, but it still does change the momentum. It still is an yep. extra score in the goal. It does. And I agree with you. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that was a topic of conversation earlier today. But I felt like some people wanted to make it entirely Moose's fault. And I didn't stand by that because I will say this. And I think Coach Cooper has has said it in a very classy way. We know that these guys have such elegant deliveries on things. But when the guys play in front of Vassy and then turn around and play in front of Moose like the next night or a day and a half later, they have I think that they get a little not lax because they really do fight for it. But I think the defense structurally plays a little differently because they just had somebody whose ability to make these massive saves, you know, was just playing behind them versus, versus Moose. Cause that was an issue beforehand. They used to continue continuously, like, you know, have the backup goalie kind of coming in and collecting losses. Uh, Michelini, they would do that in front of Curtis Michelini all the time. Sorry guys. So I think that defense played a small role in the fact that, you know, they just came off of a huge night with Vassy, saving 30-something out of 40 shots. And on top of that, injuries also take momentum out of the team as well. I think Moose had a pretty good night, I would say. You know, he was coming off of, like, what, a seven-game win streak when he's in between the pipes. I just think that there were so many things that took – that worked against them, including the fact of, like, you don't want to see a guy like Hagel go down into the tunnel. You don't want to see a guy like Cirelli go down into the tunnel. You don't want to see a guy like Nick Paul. Like yeah. the concern for Nick Paul there for a minute was just like, and you're talking about key assets to this team, to this roster that are also well, momentous players. And not only is it like a kind of emotional because you're like, oh, that's my friend and like a player and I don't want to see him hurt, but also it changes things. Like now you're, you're like- switching up lines. Now you're, now you're playing out of your strong, like, everything is getting changed in the middle of a game. Mm -hmm. And so you can't create any structure. You can't create any flow. Like all of these things that you could normally depend on now you can't. So it changes quite a bit whenever you have multiple players, um, especially whenever they're, they're as important of the roles as, you know, the, the Sorelli's, Sergachev's, the Paul's, right? Like when there are these kind of guys, going down the tunnel or, or potentially being hurt, it's, 
it changes things. It changes the game. It changes the lines. Um, and it changed how, how everyone has to play their game. Mm-hmm. And it does as well give a little bit of momentum to the other team who is not having those same issues. Absolutely. And Alex Kalorn has said it himself, actually, after one of the losses that the team had at home. He said, you know, with us having to change up the lines so much, we weren't able to build that chemistry on the ice. Um, for We didn't have enough time to build the chemistry needed to, to get within our structure and do what we need to do in this game. And then I think what also plays into it is there was – uh, these lines did go on the blunder before Toronto and during this road trip. Yeah. So you already have newer, different lines coming in. And then you have to readjust with these guys heading down to the tunnel. And when they don't go to the bench only and they take the time to go all the way down to the tunnel, you're talking about minutes of and, and shifts that are being missed here versus, you know, a couple seconds and maybe a shift or two. So I totally agree. Yeah. I think it changes the momentum. And I think it just kind of played into the favor of the Red Wings. They were able to lean into that um, on a more positive note why they were able to find some momentum in the third period because again when you look at like the way that the game went and if you guys are at all familiar with you know the advanced statistics and Corsi and whatnot like the Corsi was in favor of the lightning to start the third period however um you know the red wings get two goals right off the bat well how did they get those goals if if it's in favor of the lightning and it's because the Lightning are just out of their structure and 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 the Red Wings are able to take advantage. Um, the Lightning, it's not like they were playing a terrible game starting in the third period. They they were playing actually a fairly solid game mm-hmm. and the Red Wings were just able to take advantage of a few key shots and a few key moments in the game and, yeah. and, and go up two on the Lightning. And the Lightning found themselves in, you know, uh, at, at that point, a 5-3 hole. Mm-hmm. Unideal. Yeah, completely. And, like, I'm glad that you pointed that out because the Lightning did have more shots on goal. And that was through all three periods, actually. They led with shots on goal. And then they – I think they had one more, one less. But the difference between high-danger shots in this game was just by one. I think it was 8-9 to nine, or 9-8, to eight, however that's properly said. So – with their ability to still try to put up quality goals, I think that actually I think the largest element in this game besides some of the momentum swings that swung in favor of Detroit was the fact that the forechecking wasn't really established in this game. It didn't show up uh, as as intensely as it has for most games, especially the games where they found the most success. Um, I will say this. It's great because giveaways wasn't a, this this high tally, but – I think that yeah. also speaks to the fact that, you know, their takeaways only sat at about three. So that to me tells me that they just didn't have the ability to try to like get in front of these pucks and, and, and get in front of these passing lanes and um, set up at all. It was just two back-to-back games where they were unable to set up. Yeah. It's just, it's just unideal Casey all around. And I think, I think again, where it really comes down to it, where probably these players are going to be beating themselves up is at the end of the game. Again, whenever you have a man advantage and you let two empty netters go by you the night after you had that happen before um, it, again, it kind of skews the score. Now it's a seven, four game. Um, it, it just makes things different. So I kind of a little bit preemptively threw out, uh, who my cherry picker would be, uh, if I had to pick one, it's Braden point who I think did try to come out here and set the tone after a little bit of a frustrating game in the night before 
Casey, what about you? You have a cherry picker for us? I do. This time, honorable mention, Nick Perbix. Um, okay. He's he's crushing it. Even yeah. in games where they lose, his his motor, he is just consistent. And he's stepping into big shoes when, when he's called upon. He's also loading up on ice time. His confidence playing forward this early, like I know he's already mature because he's 24 and he did the college route and stuff, but still, even when we saw Eric Chernak cross over from the AHL into the NHL, it took him almost a year and a half, two years to, to play up as confidently. So to see the the layers and the versatility that Perbix has to his game at 24 years old, freshly kind of contributing to the NHL, I'm just, I'm excited. So he actually picked up an assist off of Alex Kalorn's goal in this game. Uh, so he's an honorable mention, even though I just went on and on and on about him. And then Eric Chernak. Chernak, when he starts to get into a flow, he builds nicely off of this flow. He got his first goal of the season a couple weeks ago, and now he's been loading up in the assist column. And we always say this here, so we're going to continue to say it. When the defense gets involved offensively, great things happen. While this didn't play out to a wind, it's something – positive to build off of you're seeing these defensemen get in the assist column consistently now so if it's not Ian Cole it's Eric Tarnak if it's not Eric Tarnak it's Nick Perbix and if it's not Perbix it's Sergachev and this can be dangerous down the stretch so I'm gonna give Tarnak my cherry picker for this one and uh, I like Nick Perbix, that will mention I have to give an honorable mention too to Ian Cole because I know we we kind of sung his praises last week but he was one of the only guys with a plus two at the end of this game um yeah. so you know just you know, Keep I, that should that should account for something. He's 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 out there trying. He's trying to make things happen out on yeah. the ice. Casey, we did talk about it. We previewed it a little bit, but let's get to it here quickly before we end this episode and take a little bit of a break along with the Lightning players. So, Pucks and Bolts mm-hmm. fans, just so you know, we will be back, but we're going to be back whenever the lightning come back. So uh, <laughs> we will get you ready. We'll get you ready for the game on the 28th. So be sure to download and subscribe to Pucks and Bolts so that when we are back, you guys, uh, you know, have that episode just waiting for you. The latest and greatest in Tampa Bay lightning hockey. Casey, I'm just going to pick one. I'm, I'm like, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, is one big present better or like a bunch of little press? I'm, 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 I'm of the mentality that I like one big, like something that's going to be impactful. Um, so my holiday wish list. Oh, I'm going to kind of shoot myself in the foot here because I Are just said one big? <laughs> a big point about saying one. I know. But, is it going to be like one big gift that has seven things inside? Uh, he, no, it's not. So, okay. I lied. I lied. I lied. I'm going to do a small one and a big one. Okay. Okay. A stocking stuffer and a present. Here's the present. I, I would like to see Julian Brisebois make some type of defensive move Ooh. around like, that's my holiday. That's my big present. Okay. Make some type of defensive move, pick up a defender. Um, I don't know, you know, around the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Like that, that could potentially, I could be shooting myself in the foot because that could potentially mean getting rid of somebody, knowing where the cap space is at. Right. But I think that Julian Brisebois is very smart. I think that this team is very good. 
I just would like to see a little bit more structure defensively from them. I think they're really missing a player mm-hmm. like Ryan McDonough, who's very structured, who's like Mr. Reliable. I think you're missing that. I think you see that from time to time this year that you're missing a guy like him. Yeah. I would love to see like a defenseman's defenseman come in and really make an impact um, and be, you know, just a very structured guy, very dependable. Uh, um, in my stocking stuffer, something that I do think that the team will, A will, I think that they're already working on getting better at it. I think they will continue to get better at it is just controlling the puck better. So less yeah. giveaways, being in communication better. That's something that they're already working on. So that's why to me, it's, it's a smaller thing. It's definitely going to have a lot of impact in the game, but they're already working towards those things. So that's my wish list. I love it. Especially the call for a new defenseman. I will say this with the rotation that was going on in the forward unit um, with everybody healthy, honestly, you've got a couple guys like when's the last time we've heard of Rudy Balsers. Uh, We had Kepke up here. Like they have options at the, at that, at that forward position that, can help and contribute. Um, but as for that stability and that consistency in the defense, I agree. If they get somebody else back there, they, they also lack depth. So granted, if Hedman does need a couple days to, you know, or some a game, a couple games to sit out, there's not another Hedman that can step in. Mikhail Sergej, yeah. great job. But then once Mikhail said steps into his role, then there's that gap there. So I think they kind of need one more guy back there for, for consistency, uh, for a little bit of relief. And um, somebody that can fill in and contribute right away. So love that pick uh, for the big present. I will second you with the stocking, the stocking stuffer. That's a fun sentence to say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was about to say. I will second that. We need the giveaways to minimize entirely. The last three games, my 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 wish list has consisted of please do not hit the double digits and giveaways. While they yes. did not hit double digits versus the uh, Red Wings, they completely kind of fell apart in that takeaway category. Uh, a lot of that takeaway ability does lean into the four checking. So I just kind of want to see the giveaway total come down. So I'll, I'll, I'll stand by you with that one. Um, one of my others, I guess a, a, a nice little medium sized gift that I would be requesting this Christmas is they've worked on time and space, not giving other teams time and space. And I feel confident in the fact that they'll get back there. Cause as you said, this team hates to lose and they bounce back very well. I want them to get back past this loss to that, to the confidence that they were having to not overpass people were Ooh. starting to get into a groove of taking that shot. And I think that's what started to help all four lines get involved. Um, we started talking a lot about the third and fourth line, finding their identity, Obviously, the lines went into the blender. I feel like they're going to go back to what they were before this road trip because that was working. But a lot yeah. of what was helping that work is that this team was not giving up so much time and space and guys were taking the shot. And it wasn't just to get a shot off. They were they were putting up quality shots within these opportunities. So that confidence in whatever mojo they had before they hit the road. And yes, I know they started the road trip with a win, but still, um, I want to see what we saw on that homestead uh, come back. And I want to see it come back with a vengeance. I want, I don't want us to come back from break and it's the first line making things happen or the top two lines. Like I want to see all four lines getting involved. I want to see all four lines getting on the scoreboard. And um, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be my big ass. Minimize the giveaways and get back into that, 
getting shots on the board, not overpassing and get out of your head. Once you, when you're knocked out of your structure, this team is too talented to get stuck. You know, I agree. Casey, a hundred percent. We're not asking for much. Not yeah. too much. Just win, find a structure and be consistent. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> win another Stanley cup. Just do it. On, you keep, just, just keep going. Uh, yeah. I think that those are probably on the bolts players wish list as well. <laughs> like I said, they hate losing more than anyone uh, hates losing. I promise you, I've talked to these guys extensively. They truly hate it. Uh, so Casey, I think that they're going to come out after this little break with, uh, with, with some bite in their step. And it is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Fans will be here the whole way through. You can follow us at pucks and bolts. That's a N D bolts on Twitter. Uh, you could also check out the podcast wherever you guys get your podcasts, but specifically the odyssey app is the best place to do it. Download the Odyssey app, turn on the auto download function for Pucks and Bolts. Anytime we have a new episode, which is multiple times a week, it will come straight to your phone and just be waiting for you. The latest and greatest in Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the Sports Case. And we are wishing all of you a very, very happy holiday season. Um, and a very okay, nice happy birthday, Aaron. And happy birthday. It is my husband's birthday. Yes. That's so sweet for you to remember. Shout out to uh, the hubs of the, of, of one half of Pucks and Bolts. That's one very half of the, the, the fam over here. One yes. third of the fam, I guess now. I guess. Honestly, math is not my strong suit, so we shouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday to my husband. He's great. And uh, we we love the Bolts. And um, we're excited to continue to, to follow this team late into December and into the new year. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll come up with some resolutions next time. And yeah. of course, have some little extra episodes where we ask some of the players, maybe some of their resolutions and some fun things. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that and more on Pucks and Bolts. Thank you guys for listening. Happy holiday season. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.